0: 1-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study
1: and this is the virtual bible study for july 7th 2011 thank you for being a part of it and for joining us on our study tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwyn, is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Jacob, great to be with you on Thursday night. A little hectic getting here and getting everything going, but uh, Jeff is working the controls, had everything under under control, at the controls. Under
1: control. He's second week on the on the controls tonight in a row, and he's doing a great job getting us ready. And uh, we appreciate you for listening to us tonight, and we have an important uh, discussion planned. And uh, this was your idea tonight and a very relevant Well,
2: uh, you know, the news media has just been all abuzz this week about the Casey Anthony murder trial. Uh, I didn't keep up with that.
1: I don't know. I don't. I just what I saw in passing. in the
2: But some people have just been just really glued to it and really, you know, uh, watching it carefully. And now that the verdict has come down, I think almost everybody says that the mom, Casey Anthony, got by with murder of her little two-year-old girl. That there was a breakdown in the in the judicial system, that the the court didn't do its job, uh, that the prosecutor didn't prove his case, and therefore a very likely guilty person is walk going to walk free, uh, and so, the, so a lot you, of people are concerned or upset that justice just hasn't been done. In this
1: are you case. are you wanting then to sort of analyze the? No, 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 you're no, not going to do no, that. No, no. no. I, well, not, I, you, I, cou- you,
2: I couldn't I couldn't speak knowledgeably to it anyway because I didn't watch it. I I, I don't know. Uh, but I know a lot of people did, and a lot of people were really, you know, uh, anxiously awaiting the verdict. But when the verdict came back and was not as expected, they, they, you know, they said, "I heard one commentator say this was as or more shocking than the O.J. Simpson verdict." Okay. Uh, and so th- this is going to this murder case is going to live in infamy, sort of like the O.J. murder case lives in infamy, uh, and both of them were instances where. The legal system just didn't work very well, and likely guilty people walked. Okay. And so, what we thought we would do—we're not—we're not here to analyze the Casey, Casey Anthony trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you're in the chat room and you want to comment as to whether you watched that or not, or whether you were interested in the proceedings, I'd be glad to hear that. But what we thought we would do is contrast. You know, here's a case where man's justice failed. The courts of man failed. They didn't get the job done. Probably. Mm-hmm. And so we want to contrast that with the court of God. We're all going to stand before God as our eternal judge. Right. And we want to show the imperfections of man's court compared to the perfection of God's
1: court. All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at com and join in with other listeners in the chat room tonight. You sent out some questions for us to consider earlier in the day, and we'll use this sort of as our our rough outline of the discussion tonight
2: well here's the questions we sent out to our update list earlier earlier today and it was it was just a little earlier today I, I had a hectic day jacob and i was late getting this out so i usually send it out about noon today it was more like five o'clock when the update got sent yeah, out Yeah, i was
1: watching my inbox today and I and boy something's going on
2: yeah so uh, apologies to those on the update list for not getting more of a heads up but we always send that out on thursday or we try our best to around noon and, uh, we give you an idea of what our topic's gonna be and ask you for feedback beginning even at that point in time. So to our update list today, and you can get on that list by sending us an email, add me to the list, that's all you gotta say. Okay. Uh, here are the questions we sent out. In the courts of men, such as in the Casey Anthony trial, what potential problems may exist with the judge, the testimony, the evidence, interpretations of the law, Governing, governing jurisdictions, cover-ups to conceal the truth, unfair or unjust final judgment, and rewarding the guilty and perhaps punishing the innocent. Those are things that, all of those are things that can and do happen in the courts of men. So, what so we, we ask you, what are some of the problems you see in all those different areas we listed? Then the immediate follow-up is, for each of those same points, explain how the court of God will never be wrong. The judge, the testimony, the evidence, the interpretations of the law, the governing jurisdiction, any cover-ups to conceal truth, any unfair, unjust final judgment, the potential of rewarding the guilty, punishing the innocent in God's court. We want to contrast man's court with God's court.
1: All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeu.com. And you had one more uh, question. And then
2: one more that we will likely get to toward the end of the program, Jacob. While God is the perfect judge of all men... Is it ever right for us to judge men? If your answer is no, tell me why. Explain why you think we should never judge anyone. A lot of people think that. Mm -hmm. But then if your answer is yes, and my guess is that a lot of the people listening to us will agree that we think we should judge from time to time. Sometimes we have to. If your answer is yes, we must judge men sometimes. Explain what scriptural principles we must follow if we do judge other men
1: all right again we want to hear from you on the phone over email or in the chat room tonight now before we do this we do need to prove the point and uh that, that a foundational discussion here are we going to be judged See, you know, a lot of people view god as a teddy bear not a judge are we going to be judged
2: well i i don't know how anybody could uh, uh argue the point when there are so many plain statements in scripture that indicate we will be for instance 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad.
1: Hebrews nine twenty seven. 27, it's appointed men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Uh, there are lots of verses that teach about a judgment that is coming. You know, some would have to wonder it, that with some of the doctrines and some of the uh, theology that's out there today, some would wonder why there would be a judgment. For instance, Calvinism, why would God, why would there have to be a judgment? God's already planned it all out. It seems to be a waste of time, or waste of uh, if, if eternity. Every,
2: if everything is predestined, right. and so therefore the you judge? are foreordained to eternal life or eternal damnation, what would be the purpose of judgment? Yep. But notice in Romans 14, verse 11, as it is written, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. For what cause? For what reason? Hmm. If If it's just, you know nothing we can do
1: about it right right and uh you know if all that matters is that you just have faith what's to judge you know yeah i mean it's sort of sort of a digital thing either you do or you don't then it's done
2: yeah i wonder and if any are listening in the chat room want to comment uh i wonder if any of you have had now when we get to thinking about the courts of men have any of you had Unfortunate experiences in the courts of men. Yeah, and, and by that I don't mean that necessarily that you were. Yeah, m- did a hard maybe, time? Maybe you got a speeding ticket or you got arrested for something. I'm talking about did you did you ever have a breakdown in the justice system? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just relate a quick story. We did here at College View. We had a we had a building project several years ago. It went badly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only remedy that we could seek for the problem was to to go to court with the man who had built the, the the building addition, and it was a nightmare. It was it was a horrible experience, and it, it left a, a bad taste in the mouth of all of us who had anything to do with that episode. And so, some of you who are listening may have uh, your own experiences in which you feel like the courts of men let you down. Uh, and so that that's the kind of thing that we're talking You're about not talking tonight. About
1: that time they didn't give you parole. No. Okay. No, not talking about anything okay.
2: personal here. All right.
1: All right. Let us know your thoughts again over email in the chat room or on the phone tonight. Uh let's
2: let's start out. We said what about the judge? You know, sometimes in the courts of men there is the potential that the judge will be partial. Yeah. That that he'll have uh, show some favoritism to one party or the other. And you know the judge is in a very influential position in a court of law. He he can he can affect what's done, how it's done, when it's done, the order of events. The you know the judge, you know we see him sitting up there behind the bench, and he's just kind of stoic. And in fact, sometimes it, uh, it, it may even look like the judge falls asleep in the course of the proceedings. But a good judge, he, he's he's on he, he's watching everything, and he has the ability. To influence the outcome, if he is not completely impartial, you know, simply by all of us have watched on TV and seen a lawyer jump up and say "objection," and the judge has the opportunity to say "sustained" or uh, what's the other what's the other word "sustained"? Denied. Denied or overruled. Overruled. Yeah. And and so simply by whether he allows uh, those kinds of objections or not, he can affect the outcome if he's not totally impartial. But with human beings, it's pretty hard to be totally impartial.
1: Well, Eric makes a good point here. He says earthly judges can be often swayed by bribes or politics. Exactly. I think he's referencing Eli in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 3, where it says, yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice.
2: And also he references Exodus 23, 6, you shall not pervert the justice due to your, due to your poor in his lawsuit. And so, uh, Eric, good tie-in there, Eric. Eric sees that even the Word of God warns about a, a, a judge who shows partiality. In the case of God, we can have complete confidence that in his judgment, there will be no partiality shown. Lots of verses teach this. Acts, uh, ten, Acts 10, verse 34, beginning... This is when Peter was at the house of Cornelius. Remember, the gospel up to this point in time had only gone to Jews. There seemed to be some favoritism shown to Jews. Only Jews were being uh, told about salvation in Christ Jesus. But in this episode of Acts 10, God reveals, no, it's for all men, not Jews alone, but all men. And Peter says in Acts 10, verse 34, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God is no respecter of persons. Now yeah. that that's repeated. First Peter one seventeen, the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work.
1: I'm sorry, picking up on a theme here.
2: Romans two eleven, for there is no partiality with God. Yeah. And so that's just a definite fact about God and about the very nature of God. He is impartial. Uh, now that's a good thing for us if we're striving to do what's right. Okay. But if 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 on the other hand we're not we right. on the
1: other side of the law, maybe. If,
2: if Yeah, God's uh, impartiality, showing no favoritism, won't work to your advantage if you're not striving to do the right things in your life.
1: Okay, absolutely. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com.
2: Right nobody nobody in the chat room was willing to to uh fess, fess <laughs> up, up to fess up to whether or not they'd been before a judge and had any issues relative to that so um, surely somebody listening has had at least a speeding ticket where they had to go before a judge
1: i don't know hopefully not
2: yeah but anyway the the point of it is uh, our 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 study is a contrast between the courts of men and the courts of God. I, I, again, I didn't watch this Casey Anthony trial, so I don't know how that judge performed in that trial. And I never, I, I in the very little that I heard about it, I, I don't guess I ever heard any criticism, pro or con, uh, about his work. So we we don't know in that case. But but often in the courts of men, judges are a problem, not in the court of God.
1: So you are telling us that we're going to go before a judge who's not partial. If we're right, he's not going to be partial and tell us in you know sway the decision that would. Condemn us. He's
2: not going to keep it keep away from us a reward if, in judgment, that's the way it turns out. We should be rewarded.
1: But on the other hand, if we are guilty, he's not going to pronounce us innocent. Right. Now, exactly. all right, so that's a two-sided coin, and we need to be prepared and understand that fact. We'll take a break, and we'll continue the discussion as we talk about God's justice and contrast the courts of men with the courts of God on the virtual Bible study tonight. When we get back from this uh, break, we need to talk about the evidence. That's that's very crish, uh, crucial in a in a, a, a trial is uh, the evidence that's presented. We'll talk about that and how it varies between the courts of men and the courts of God and we'll hopefully take your comments at 877-381-4567. Oh, Dean has never been before a judge.
2: Yeah, Dean's so he's got a clean record. So he got a clean record. So he does he can't join in from experience no, and say can't. I know those dirty judges. All I right. know what they're like.
1: Questions at com or join in the chat room. Don't go anywhere the virtual Bible study continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? We're trying to be like a church you read about in the Bible, and we're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return for the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better way you could be
0: using yours than to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Can you think of a better use of your time?
1: How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program as we talk about the courts of men and can contrast those with the courts of God. The courts of men are in the news a lot all the time but even uh, more recently we were uh, just having... talking
2: about jacob in the courts of men there can be partial judges and jeff who's running the controls said he now he's i he's kind of denying it but i think he's a little bit more up on the casey anthony thing well, than we are at least think
1: about jeff is he's a college student with a summer vacation so he may have a little more time to keep up with these kind of but things. he says
2: he says one of the judges was excused from the trial because there was concern that he was partial in the matter. So there you go. Uh, there's, there's an example of how that can be a problem in the courts of men, and Eric, not with
1: God. And Eric is continuing to send in the comments uh, in the chat room about judges. I appreciate these good comments. Earthly witnesses may be dishonest, uh, he says. Uh, Je- Jezebel uh, uh, suborned perjury against Naboth in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 10, and set two worthless men opposite him and let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have, uh, have cursed God and the king, and take him out and stone him to death. And so Jezebel and Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard, and the way to do it was to maybe corrupt some of the evidence.
2: Well, okay, this this is the point we were just suggesting we want to talk about. It. A great tie-in, Eric, again. Uh, in, in the case of Jezebel, she was uh, working deceitfully to get Naboth's vineyard for her husband Ahab, who wanted it badly yeah and so the way she did that was that she had false testimony given Mm -hmm. uh had some men lie about what naboth had said or done Mm -hmm. so that he could be condemned well there you go there's there's a there's an old testament example in the bible of perverted justice on the basis of false testimony yeah uh and, and that and that happens sometimes um In the case of Jesus, I was thinking of a, another case. In the case of Jesus, they they brought false witnesses to give yeah. testimony against him, and I, and I can't remember the passage. I will have to look it up. But their, their their testimony contradicted each other. It was they did such a bad job of providing false witnesses that they couldn't even keep their story straight, and they contradicted each other. Uh, but of course, it was satisfactory. Uh, for the purposes of getting jesus condemned to die in in, in the very corrupt trial that he f- experienced uh, so uh, in the courts of men this is often a problem you find the verse Mark
1: 14 verse 55 and the chief priests and all the council sought for witnesses against jesus to put him to death but found none for many bear false witness against him but their witness agreed not together
2: yeah so they were so bad they couldn't even keep their their storyline together and, okay. and tell the truth uh, I think in this Casey Anthony trial, there was some question about the testimony of different witnesses. Lies were told. As I understood the, the the sentence that came down today for Casey Anthony, she was acquitted of murder and child abuse and child neglect and whatever. She was convicted on four four counts of not telling the truth or giving false testimony to the authorities. And those are misdemeanor counts, so she's she's going to be out in no time. But uh, this is obviously a problem the evidence can be tampered with the testimony can uh involve lies or falsehood now think about that in the courts of men if if you call a guy up to 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 uh, give testimony you're 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 depending you're in other words you're the judge or you're a juror and you're trying to make a decision based upon the testimony this guy gives you have to assume that he's telling the truth if there's not some prevailing reason to to think otherwise, and if he's a good liar, you may come up with a wrong decision, in, and it may not be—you know—it it may be out of your control. Yeah. In other words, if, if let's say it's a murder trial, and this guy gets on the stand and he lies and he says, "I saw the accused shoot the man. Mm-hmm. I was there. I saw him do it." Okay, and you have—and you have no basis to throw out his testimony, no basis to disregard what he said. He knows it's a lie, but nobody else knows it's a lie, and so you're a juror. What are you going to do? You've got an eyewitness that says he saw it. You, you'd have to convict the guy, and you'd be wrong.
1: It's, it, what you're the highlighting here is just a inherent problem with the legal system. Right. I mean, what do you do about that?
2: Yeah, there, there's really nothing that can be done about okay. that. So when lies are told, when evidence is falsified, then me, the courts of men are inevitably going to break down. But... Now, again, our point was when we stand before uh, God in judgment, there won't be any reason to doubt that all the facts are known. The truth is known. No lies will be told. No evidence will be tampered with. I was thinking of the episode with the rich man and Lazarus, Jacob, in Luke chapter 16. It says in Luke 16, beginning verse 22, It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels at Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And he, in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But then Abraham went on to answer that it wasn't possible. But what I noticed in that text is the rich man didn't argue... That hey they lied about me or he didn't argue about the 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 evidence they presented was falsified it wasn't true yeah he he didn't argue the the verdict he 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 knew it was right and fair because in the court of God lies don't stand false evidence it, it, it cannot be presented
1: eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu.com. Eric makes another in good tie in. He says the law of Moses had required two or three witnesses to protect against the idea of false witnesses uh, but he notes as uh, we found in the trial of Christ that even that is not foolproof
2: exactly right Paul has made some comments he's he's been in court a number of times he said because he was a foster parent and uh, often went to hearings relative to that work that he did I commend you for that Paul uh, he said some judges seem truly interested in the best interest of children. For some, it was more like a business. There you go. You got some judges that care, some who don't. Yeah. Some who just t- f- taking good, a job.
1: Good judges, bad judges.
2: Uh, David in the chat room mentions Pilate, who was in the position to judge Jesus, and he gave into the politics sure. of it. So some judges are certainly swayed by political considerations. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah. Excellent comments in the chat room tonight. Thank you for those. And we encourage yours. If you've not uh, signed into the chat room, it's easy to do. Follow the instructions at the bottom of the chat window. Sign in using chat roll. Just click that button, and uh, then no personal information is required. You can give yourself a, uh, a nickname. You can use your name, or you can use the name that it assigns you, and you can ch- comment and join in the discussion with other listeners as we talk about the courts of men and contrast those with the courts of God.
2: One, a couple of other verses along the same lines of a fair judge and and true testimony and, and uh, absolutely factual evidence. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8 calls him the Lord, the righteous judge. Psalm 98, verse 9, the Lord, he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. So, again, uh, all is right and good in the court of God.
1: All right. Uh, that's very good. Now, there are sometimes when we have um, a court and a, a court proceeding, you know, the legal system is very the laws of the land are very complex
0: yeah and, vi-
2: i mean literally volumes upon volumes of books
1: that, can,
2: that contain all kind of almost impossible to understand language about laws and how they're to be applied
1: so it really depends on who's up on what law to depend on determine if whether or not you're going to be convicted
2: you know, if you think about it, the whole appeals process in our in our uh, judicial system is based upon the fact that you can appeal a decision if they, th- there's some concern that the law hasn't been properly applied. Right,
1: and you, that's no. the, the whole
2: legal, yeah, you know. So you could so so you could take this trial and you could bump it up to an appeals court, and you could bump it up to another, and finally to the Supreme Court right. of the land. All all in every case, as the as it goes higher and higher, arguing that the law was not properly applied in this case. Right. So it's all about in the courts of men there are there are lengthy arguments to be made about what has the law been properly
1: interpreted
2: and has it been applied accurately.
1: And, and that's a big problem. I yeah. mean I mean we hear about that all the time. Sure. People go to these these trials that, that it'll be appealed, you know, some some controversial trial or decision out in California and uh, they make some rule, and, well, that's going to be appealed because that will be ruled unconstitutional, and the farther up you go, uh, they've determined that, yeah, that was the wrong application of the law. Yeah.
2: So, uh, in, in the courts of men, uh, th- this can be argued. Uh, you, you can argue, and in addition to that, Jacob, in addition to the idea of interpretations of the law, there's also questions about proper jurisdiction, jurisdiction in other words Hmm. did did the ones who are prosecuting the case have the authority are they in the right position to pursue this case against the accused in other words if it wasn't committed within their jurisdiction then they have no authority you know i i might have robbed a bank in california but a court in tennessee can't can't judge me for that it it wasn't done in their jurisdiction
1: Uh uh-huh right
2: and so uh, in the courts of men you've got to worry about how the law is interpreted and applied. Is it accurate? You have to worry about whether the, the 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 authorities in this case have the proper jurisdiction to try the case okay now think about that in relationship with god uh there's no problem with interpreting his law. He wrote the law yeah you know um, I think Jesus made that argument sometimes when the when the Pharisees questioned him that he was the author, uh, he was the Lord of the Sabbath, for instance. Right. He, he used that expression. Now, basically, if I was to paraphrase what Jesus said is, don't tell me how to interpret the law or apply it. it, I wrote it. Yeah. Uh, and so in the case of God's court, we'll be dealing with the one who authored the law. No, No bother or worry about interpretation. But you know what's really amazing, Jacob, if you think about that, we were talking about the volumes upon volumes upon volumes that have been written yeah. about man's law. Here's God's one law book, you know, and it's, it's a fairly small book, right. uh, and yet it contains all the necessary information, for, uh, and, and it's and it's not uh, uh, a difficult thing to understand. That's not to say that there aren't some places in the Bible that are more difficult than others. Certainly, that's true. But overall, men of common intelligence can, uh, thankfully, we can all of us of common intelligence can understand the law that God has given for us to live by. So it's not a question of interpretation. Uh, and furthermore, we would have to say that it's not a question about jurisdiction either because God's jurisdiction is over all. Okay. Uh, uh, concerning the law that will judge us, John twelve forty eight. he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Mm-hmm. There's the law. That's, that's what's going to be used. That's going to be the standard, the rule book. Uh, what will be used for the judgment. Um, and of course, he has complete authority and everyone is under his jurisdiction. We referenced earlier Romans fourteen eleven, as it is written, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow. So everybody is under his jurisdiction. Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So there's no doubt about his authority to be in a position as judge over us. He has all authority. He is in that jurisdiction.
1: All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use, questions at collegeview.com. The chat room to the right of your video window is ready for your comments. If you've not logged in there, it's very easy. You can uh, join in with other listeners in the chat room, and they're all around the world today. I, I see Michigan, Florida, Tennessee, Indiana, Louisiana. So we're north to south. We're covering coast to coast. or. I haven't, seen,
2: I haven't seen any of our international loggers in yet, but uh, hopefully, if they're not listening uh, to the live broadcast, sometimes it's the wrong, it's in the middle of the night or middle of the work day in different yeah, places. Yeah, so
1: they catch us on the podcast. we're thankful for that. And we will remind you if you listen to us in the podcasted version, it's not too late to comment. We welcome your comments at any time about any program. You may have heard on the virtual Bible study. Jeff is behind the controls tonight. He's ready to take your call. We'll take a break and give you time to get on the line and to get your well, comments. When we register. get
2: back, we're going to talk about uh, in the courts of men, cover ups, cover ups, p- potential to conceal is that, that
1: robe that the judge wears.
2: No cover ups uh, to conceal the truth, uh, unfair or unjust de- determinations by the court, uh, the which would reward the guilty, punish the innocent. Okay. We're going to talk about those kind of things when we get
1: back. All right. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Wow. It isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. On a trip a few
2: years ago, we pulled into an old-fashioned gas station in a small town. An attendant was waiting at the pump to serve us. He took our order, and while the gas was being pumped, he busied himself cleaning our windshield. Our then-teenage daughter was shocked. She kept saying, he's actually cleaning our windows. What used to be the norm is now so rare that it seems shocking. The same sort of thing happens in religion. Over a period of time, gradual and minor changes can lead folks far away from where they used to be. It finally gets to the point that what used to be the norm now seems odd, even shocking. Things that never would have been tolerated years ago gradually crept in, and now they have become totally accepted. A good example of this gradual shift of norms can be seen in the matter of instrumental music. Few people realize that there was a great fight over this issue years ago, even among the denominations where it is now common. For instance, William Posey in his history, The Baptist Church in the Lower Mississippi Valley writes, For years the Baptists fought the introduction of instrumental music into the churches. Installation of the organ brought serious difficulties in many churches. But if you talk to a Baptist today, he would think it very odd to even suggest a religious service without instrumental music. You see, the norms have changed. It can happen to us, too, and it is. Simply observe how brethren talk and dress, where they go and what they do. Try to call them back to what used to be the norm, and they will treat you as if you're crazy. It is apparent that many are allowing gradual changes to take them farther and farther away from the absolutes that God has stated in his word. We need to ask for the old path, where it is the good way, and walk therein, Jeremiah 6, verse 16, and stop drifting from God's norms. That's this week's bullet point.
1: Think about it
0: shire england listen to the chat from the virtual bible study
1: each thursday night now that you've had your break it's back to the program and we're back on the program tonight and we appreciate you listening that's a very timely uh bullet point there because you talk about things changing over time laws change over time. interpretation of laws changes over time and uh that won't be the case in god's court.
2: Either. exactly right eric makes another I, I think eric must be working on a sermon uh relative to this topic he's, because, on, the, he's because on it he's he is on the mark today spot on eric he says in earthly courts, evidence is limited to what we can observe. We were talking about evidence and uh, you know the, the problems with evidence in a court of man. Yeah. But he says God can see what we cannot. He references 1 Samuel 16:7 for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so, I think that's a great observation. No chance that we would be able to to deceive this judge by presenting false evidence or you know sort of tampering with it or letting on that the the facts were actually different than they really were some
1: kind of facade maybe
2: yeah uh it, it, that just not going to happen Um uh, first john chapter three uh verse 20 first john 320 if our heart condemns god is greater than our heart and knoweth all things you know i, I think about what that might suggest I, i'm going before a judge and i know i'm guilty mm-hmm. but i i i can maybe i can pull the wool over his eyes so to speak not with god god is greater than our heart and knoweth all things yeah. if, if i know i'm guilty he
1: definitely knows i'm guilty yeah no hiding good point yeah. good yeah. comments there all
2: right so uh, we've got a couple more things to cover we wanted we're, we're contrasting the courts of men with the court of god in and what prompted this, of course, is this Casey Anthony verdict that came down this week. A lot of people are just terribly upset about this. I, I I heard that on on TV some of the news people who were covering it, they were covering the verdict live. It was a big news event, and there were even tears shed by the reporters. Uh, yeah, really, uh, in some instances because they were so tore up about
1: the outcome of the trial. I don't know. I I, I don't know any of the facts. I, I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't even sure that Casey Anthony was a female or a male
2: yeah well you really are <laughs> I am, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: casey anthony is the mom okay and uh, it, the the little two-year-old was kaylee wasn't it uh, oh jeff? jeff
1: is on it jeff knows it was kaylee kaylee jeff. was the two-year-old jeff. daughter casey jeff. is the mom jeff needs uh, to go back to class
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, i'm right on that aren't i jeff i think so. okay all good right. all right um All right, uh, we were going to talk about
1: cover-ups to conceal the truth. Dean references Hebrews 4.13, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom whom, whom we must give account. Very good. Uh, And David says man's court depends on man's logic and wisdom. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 helps me understand that man's logic never trumps God's wisdom. It keeps me humble.
2: Yeah, and that is a that is a familiar text. Let me read it real quick. Isaiah fifty-five verses
1: eight and nine. Um, Isaiah, my thoughts are your yeah,
2: thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay. Very good. Thank our, you. Our, our chat Thank room
1: it. tonight, is they are on the ball, 877 381 J- questions
2: er, er, at Eric, Eric in the chat room says yep. yep. Does that yep mean, Eric, that you are preparing a sermon along this line? Oh, I don't I know. I think maybe it does. Okay. Uh, one more verse along the lines that you can't conceal the truth, uh, you know, no cover-ups, nothing uh, will be kept from God. Luke 8, 17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Sounds you, know, like... think, you know, that's that's something to think about, Jacob, and that, that could serve as sort of a, a safeguard to us. What if I'm, as a Christian, I'm tempted to do something, and I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm almost absolutely positive that I can keep it a secret. Nobody else will find out.
1: Well, you know, some of these, some of these crimes, you know, they... People really get good at doing things behind the scenes and yeah, the, covering par- up the, the evidence. The
2: perfect murder, commit the perfect, perfect murder crime. or the perfect crime or but even it could be something else in our case. Let's say let's say here's a fella and he's in the privacy of his own home and nobody's around and he can he can just scan that Internet and he can look at all kind of nasty pornography. Mm-hmm. Who's going to find out? Right. You know, nobody will ever know. Jesus said nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Right. It's going to be told on you. You can't it's, hide it's, the evidence. It's going to be told. You, it, there will be no cover-up. The truth cannot be concealed. The facts about you will be brought out in the judgment of God's court.
1: alright eight one four five six seven. right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com.
2: Well, uh,
1: Eric Well, oh, oh, oh. not working on no. a lesson yet, but he <laughs> might.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he was agreeing that the daughter was Kaylee and the mother was Casey. Okay. All right. Um, okay, w- w- when we get to the end, Jacob, uh, when, the, when all is said and done, in the courts of men, sometimes the final judgment just not right. I, I, everybody was concerned in this Casey Anthony trial that it's just not right. It's not right. It, 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 everything points to the fact that this woman killed her two-year-old daughter and she's not going to be convicted of it. In fact, she's been acquitted of the crime, and she's going to go free. They say what even makes it seem even more unfair is that they say she will likely make millions telling her story for books that and is. for TV movies and all that kind of thing. She's going to she's going to you know get rich, probably having gotten away with committing a horrible crime.
1: That that is bad, Jeff. Did you think that uh, that the judgment was unfair? Well. I just saw the I was in, I was in last night. I uh, was watching Fox News a little bit and found out some more information about. It. So you did. You did follow it. No, I didn't follow it till the very end. Gavel to gavel. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> all right.
2: Uh, so, but but we do. We know. We do know. I mean, I I, I didn't keep up with it either. But I, I mean, I understand what people are saying. It's just not right. It's not right, fair that right. this woman, who by all appearances is guilty, is not going to. Pay any price for? It. In fact, she's going to benefit from it. That's not fair. Okay. So what about th- that happened? So here's something that happened in a court of men, mm-hmm. an unfair final judgment. Not going to
1: happen in God's. What judgment.
2: about God? Genesis eighteen twenty five. Abraham asks, "Shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" Yeah. That's a rhetorical question, and the obvious answer to that question is
1: yes, he will. That's a verse Eric needs to put in his lesson. Yeah. Genesis eighteen twenty five.
2: Genesis eighteen twenty five. Proverbs twenty four twelve. Shall not he render to every man according to his work?
1: Yeah, same, same concept. Yeah.
2: S- Psalm 62, beginning verse 11, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, for thou dost recompense a man according to his work. We're going to get what we deserve. Uh, well, no, actually, we, actually, with, if, but, uh, if we seek salvation through Christ Jesus, we won't get what we deserve. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is God's going to judge fairly. All yeah. will be fair and just
1: yes right and so when the verdict is made you will not uh, be able to think that you justice was not served
2: and 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 then the 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 guilty are going to be punished not rewarded hmm? in this in this case anthony case the concern is that a guilty person is actually going to be rewarded for doing wrong yeah. not, Je, matthew 25 46 jesus said and the wicked shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous to life eternal notice categorically the wicked and maybe a few who didn't deserve it will end up going no. to, to no. eternal damnation. No, the wicked, that's, that's the ones. They're going to go away to everlasting punishment. But the righteous, and maybe a few who snuck in under the bar. Sir, no, just the righteous the little money
1: to the judge. are going to enter into eternal life. All right. Uh, there, there, there will be punishment of the guilty and uh, innocent will be rewarded. Uh, those who are justified in God's sight through get the blessing of the salvation through his son.
2: All right, so we, what we did here, Jacob, we went through the list, and and, and I think uh, you can see the, the difference in every step of the way. You can see the difference between the courts of men and the court of God in regards to the judge, the testimony, the evidence, interpretations of the law, governing jurisdictions, potential cover-ups to conceal the truth, unfair or unjust final judgment, the potential that the guilty would be rewarded, the innocent punished, all that all of those kind of things are problems in the courts of men, not any of them a problem in the court of God.
1: Now I have a question. We've talked about how perfect God's court is and how what a good judge he is and how his judgments are always right. Does that mean that we need to then just leave all the judging to God?
2: Well, we're going to be, let's take our final break. we're almost to that point and then let's use the last segment to ask the question. God's the perfect judge. Is, but is it ever right for us to judge? That's a question that, you know, I was looking through our archives, Jacob, when I was putting this idea together, and we've only ever had one in in almost six years. By the way, we're coming up quickly on six years of the virtual Bible study. Uh, not next week. Not next week, but the end of July will be six years. Okay. We've been, and, and only had one program on judging. Hmm. In fact, Don, a frequent uh, listener in Antioch, Tennessee, sent me an email and said, you know, with this, all this in the news, it might be a time for uh, to talk about making judgment.
1: Well, let's do that. Yeah. All right. We've got about 20 minutes after the break, and we'll do that. Uh, that would be good judgment for us to talk about that. What do you think? Should we uh, leave all the judging to God? Is it right for Christians and for individuals to judge, or should we leave it to God? Let us know your thoughts. Get in and weigh in on this important question during the break. We'll take a break. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. I'm Trent Haynes, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a reminder about the update mailing list for the Virtual Bible Study. Every Thursday shortly after noon, an email message is sent out with information about the topic for discussion on that evening's program. You're invited to start sending feedback and comments that are then included during the broadcast. If you'd like to be added to our update list, just send a message to questions at collegeview.com and put add me to the list in the subject line. That's all there is to it. My name is Steve Novorak. reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. See, I told you we'd be back. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And we welcome you back to the Virtual Bible Study as we talk about God's judgment, the courts of men versus the courts of God. And now to the question... Should we judge at all as individuals? Me personally, can I judge?
2: Well, all? we talked about the inherent failure of men's courts. You know, they're just ripe for failure. So someone might say, since men can't always judge fairly and impartially and accurately, maybe we should never judge at all. Just, you know, don't judge. Judge not that you be not judged. In fact, Matthew 7, verse 1 says. Um, so the first thing that we might want to talk about is that we're certainly commanded to judge. Uh, in John 7, verse 24, it says, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So you got to judge righteous judgment. Okay. Judging couldn't be wrong when Jesus commands us to judge. He says, judge righteous judgment.
1: Now, that, that does look like a direct command to yeah. judge.
2: And then, and then we need to touch base on that Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged, for yeah. with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. The, the, in the context, Jesus goes on to show that he was talking about a hypocritical judging that someone might do. Uh, in fact, he said, How will you say, verse 4, to your brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So Jesus Jesus defined what kind of judging that he had in mind there. It was that hypocritical judging where I have just enormous faults, which I'm ignoring while I'm trying to focus on you and some, right. some minor issue you may be dealing with.
1: So he's saying get rid of those problems in your life, and then you can make the righteous judgment. You know, that...
2: That verse, Matthew seven verse one, judge not that you be not judged. People who don't know anything about the Bible at all, who 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 couldn't quote another Bible verse if their life
1: depended upon it, can quote that verse. That's their that's their safety net. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can't, you come and say you shouldn't be a womanizer. Judge not that you be not judged. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, I
1: got that ground to stand on.
2: Yeah. So we, I think we all need to be prepared to answer that, and so we can answer in the immediate context. As Jesus describes what kind of judging he had in mind. But notice in the same chapter, Matthew chapter five, this is the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Well, Matthew chapter seven. Well, Eric. No, oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm okay. talking
2: about Matthew five. Okay, yes, go ahead. Uh, oh, excuse me, Matthew. No, no, Matthew seven. You're right. I'm, I'm talking Matthew seven. Matthew seven, verse one. Judge not, to be judged.
1: Eric references us to Matthew 7, verses 15 and 16. Right, that's,
2: what, and that's right, and that's what I was going to, too. Uh, he says, beginning verse 15, now this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's all in Matthew 7. I'm sorry, I was saying 5, in Matthew 7, all in Matthew 7. Verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now notice, and so I'm supposed to beware, there are false prophets out there. Right. What do I do? Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. That, that's that's saying I have to judge people based upon what I see of their fruits. Yeah. Uh, so he warns about the danger of false prophets and says you, you're going to have to judge you're gonna to to make some judgments as to whether a person's true or a false prophet. Judging, just within a paragraph or two, of Matthew seven verse one. Judge not, that you be keep not judged. Keep reading. You got to keep reading. Keep reading. Now,
1: Paul also says in the chat room clearly, eternal judgment belongs to God, but we have to judge some things. Some are to be marked and withdrawn from. You may have to judge whether your child is safe under the care of a certain individual, and so you got to make some judgments. Exactly right. Okay. I appreciate that those comments as well. If you'd like to comment and join in, uh, get in the chat room tonight and send your comments. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the courts of men versus the courts of God. And now we're asking the question, is it right for us to make judgments?
2: You know, in Matthew 18, Jesus described a case where it would be obviously mandatory for us to make judgments. He said, moreover, if this is Matthew 18, beginning verse 15, if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Well, how can I tell him his fault? I
1: don't know. I can't tell. Uh, I I can't judge. I can't judge. You know, he spit in my face. I don't know. I can't. I can't
2: judge. No, if he's committed a fault, I go to him. And uh, if he hears me, I've gained my brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he should neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Obviously, a lot of judging has to take place there. If the instructions of Jesus are going to be followed, how is
1: the church going to mark him as a heathen and a publican? Uh, publican if he, the, the church has got to make some judgments, exactly. right? You come before the church and say, you know, Bob, he 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 did me wrong. How's the church going to, you know, determine if Bob really did you wrong, or whether you're just, you know, a little bit critical they're a little bit sensitive you know the church has got to make some judgment exactly right okay so
2: now let's spend the last few minutes of the program here tonight then talking about this is the question we ask you know we didn't get anybody who said no you we can't stung. judge
1: okay so we didn't, didn't get anybody who said yes you can judge
2: no you uh, other, up. other than in, the chat, in room. the chat room yeah so i think everybody who's listening is in agreement that the answer is yes it is right for us to judge men sometimes in some matters. And so what scriptural principles must we follow when we do judge other men? Well, What would be the scriptural principles?
1: All right. Uh, Questions at collegeview.com. Eric makes a good point, and he says uh, there are situations where we need to leave judgment to God. He references Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account to himself, to God.
2: So Eric has suggested the the, sort of the dilemma that we are in. Some things we are to to not judge. But other things we are to judge. And so... We even have to make a judgment about whether this is a thing that's in our bailiwick. It's in it's in our yes, ju- it's, yeah. it's it's in our jurisdiction. It's a, a a judgment that we should be making. We have to judge that. Right. Uh, so you know, I think that's important. All right. What well, what would what would be some of the the biblical guidelines that we would have to employ?
1: Well, we have to make sure that what we're hearing is true. Okay. And it wasn't just some kind of wicked rumor going around.
2: Remember, Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. So our judgment has to be righteous. It couldn't be based upon rumor or innuendo or some gossip that's been circulated around and told who knows how many different times by different people before it finally comes to my ears. And then I'm going to act upon some rumor or gossip that's come my way. Uh, That would be wrong. Now, unfortunately, I'd have to argue that that happens way too often. But notice some Bible verses that warn us against that. Leviticus nineteen sixteen Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Proverbs 20, verse 19, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 26, beginning verse 17, Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper or contention, quiets down. Another second Corinthians 12, verse 20, for I'm afraid that perhaps when I come, I might find you not what I wish and may be found by you to be not what you wish that perhaps there may be strife, jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slanders, gossips, arrogance, disturbances. So Paul was even concerned that when he finally made a return to Corinth, he would find some there who were acting Based upon that kind of faulty information.
1: Well, and there's an instruction in First Timothy chapter five, verse nineteen, that seems to be aimed at reducing this in the area of judgment of elders. In First Timothy five, verse nineteen, against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. And so, especially where, where it seems elders would be especially prone to that problem, being judged by rumor or gossip. Uh, seems the instruction there is aimed at limiting that.
2: All right, now, here's uh, that's the one side of the coin. Don't listen to rumors or gossip. But here's a here's a passage from 1 Corinthians 1 where Paul did act upon a report that he received. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11, Paul said, "It hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you." So Paul was Paul wrote to respond to that report that he had heard. So he acted upon information passed down to him. But notice what he did. He told Where he heard it. Mm -hmm. In other words, the source of my information is this. Mm -hmm. The the, the result of that would have been, if it was a false report, they would have cleared it it up immediately. Right. Uh, But how often do you hear people say, now, don't tell anyone I told you this, but, you know, and then they go on to spread some gossip. Right. Well, a good way to stop that is to stop it right there is don't tell me something if the condition is... That I can't tell someone you told me. Uh, that 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 won't work. And if that's the condition you're placing upon me, then don't tell me what you're about to tell me because it is almost certainly a rumor, some sort of gossip, unfounded uh, information uh, that's likely to do more harm than good. Don't tell me if 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 that's the condition you're placing upon me.
1: All right. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, why 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 tell it if you don't want it to be repeated? Exactly right. Um, David in the chat room says Galatians chapter six verse 1 and following, says we need to judge by reading from the Bible. And that is an instruction about those who are overtaken in a fault, those who are spiritual need to restore such a one. So we're going to have to, we need those who are spiritual who are studying the Bible, who know what God has said, and make those discernments to approach those who have clearly fallen away based upon what the Scriptures teach.
2: Exactly. John in the chat room mentions that Paul also in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 he gave instructions to withdraw from that immoral man in the fifth chapter, of First Corinthians, based upon the reports he'd been hearing uh, well, uh, about that situation. So it's not necessarily wrong, not necessarily wrong to act upon a report, but yeah. we need to make sure that it is that it comes to us in the right way and that we deal with it in the right way. Okay. Now another thing that I would add about making righteous judgment is that we got to separate the material from the immaterial. And Let me see if I can illustrate what I mean. Uh, there's a big trial. A guy's on trial for murder, and in the jury room, they're they're going to make a determination: is he guilty or not? And one juror says, "I think he's guilty. I just don't like the look on his face."
1: Right. That, well, that happens.
2: You know that that's not that's not righteous judgment. You know. No. That's that's immaterial. Don't like the shirt. He's don't like the look on his face. Or, uh, or someone. Maybe here's a situation. There's. There's a church problem going on, and someone says, "Well, I think, brother, so and so, he's the one who's responsible." Look how he's even got an ulcer now. He's so tore up about what about what he's done. Yeah. He's surely guilty because he's got an ulcer.
1: Yeah,
2: you know th- that's that's not righteous judgment, and you can't make those kind of determinations. You got to you got to not do that. You also have to put personal likes and dislikes aside. Uh, you know. I think all of us realize that there's a temptation to judge some people more harshly than others to give some people an easier pass mm-hmm. because they're let it a, slide one of our friends yeah. you know and, but it, it, to make a righteous judgment we we have to put personal likes and dislikes aside um, Paul had his friends uh, in Corinth mm-hmm. we're talking quite a bit here about the, the the book we call 1 Corinthians, where Paul condemned a lot of things that were going on at Corinth. But he had some friends there, uh, because we know in chapter 1, beginning verse 11, he says, It hath been declared to me, it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And then he went on to say, Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I have Apollos, I have Cephas, I have Christ. Some of them were saying, I am of Paul. They were Paul's buddies. They were they. They liked Paul. Paul was their man, but he still condemned them for this factionalism. He didn't say stop having those parties except the one that calls itself by my name. You, yeah, you, you guys are okay. You guys are okay. Yeah, he, so I've
1: always did like you.
2: He condemned them all, yeah. and that and 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 so we have to put personal likes and dislikes aside and and attempt to be impartial.
1: Uh, Paul did the same in Galatians chapter two. Which is interesting? you're in that uh, we don't have to read the context we're running short on time but uh there were some people who were some jews who failed to associate with the gentiles when people from jerusalem came and one of them was barnabas close friend of of paul's but he can do a lot of time together
2: but but paul had to condemn him for what he did yeah so we're talking about some principles for righteous judgment Uh, real quickly and we are just about out of time uh, let me add a couple of things. Don't jump to conclusions. Get all the facts. Proverbs eighteen thirteen he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and a shame to him. Uh, um, sometimes you have to consider the source of the information that has come to you. You have to consider the witnesses uh, in deuteronomy nineteen fifteen One witness shall not rise up against a man for an iniquity or for any sin. In any sin that he sinneth, for at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. We already talked about that. So you have to be careful about what you receive, who it comes from, how it came to you, and whether it has uh, verifiability. Can it be verified you know, that these are the facts and that they are accurate?
1: And uh, David has an interesting comment uh, about you know, making righteous judgment. Uh, Paul in the incident when he was uh, bitten by the snake, uh, or the the natives thought that initially that he was a murderer when he was bitten by the snake, but later a god when he did not die.
2: Those were obviously not righteous judgments, no. not based upon the, the true information. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, our discussion night, prompted by all the news media talking about the breakdown in justice in the Casey Anthony murder trial, and and I, I think, pretty clearly, even. For those of us who didn't follow the trial closely, there was a bad breakdown of justice. But we have the confidence it will never happen in the court of God.
1: It will never happen in the court of God. It's a good, a good discussion. We do need to be reminded, if for no, nothing else, we need to be reminded that we are going to stand before that court of God and we need to be prepared. We need to be living our lives in preparation for that uh, day of trial. So we do appreciate uh, the discussion uh, tonight. Um, in the case of Matthew 18, verses 15 and 16, uh, according from John, his question quickly, that uh, do the witnesses have to be witnesses of the sin or of the conversation?
2: I think in Matthew 18, he's, he's talking about they, they become witnesses to the interaction between the me and secondary, the brother, and uh, me and the brother that, that I'm, I'm trying there to... to
1: They're to come to witness our exchange.
2: Yeah, I, I think, th- so, think so. I think those are the witnesses to that exchange. Okay,
1: All right, quickly, what are we talking about in the future? You've got an uh, interesting topic planned.
2: Well, we've got got a Baptist preacher locally who's agreed to talk to us about the sinner's prayer and whether a person can be saved by praying the sinner's prayer. And, Jacob, you've lined up something potentially for next week.
1: Next week. I'm still waiting for confirmation, but we think we have uh, Senator Bill Ketrin, Tennessee Senator Bill Ketren, ready to uh, talk with us next week about a new law that could uh, have some implications on our religious freedom. And so we look forward to talking to him about that law, his take on it. I think he'll say, no, it won't, but uh, perhaps it will. And so we'll talk about that. Lord willing, next week, July 14th, 2011. So we look forward to that discussion. All right. All right, Jeff, thank you for uh, being behind the controls for the second week. Good job. And, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for listening to the program. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by
0: it every day. You'll never regret it.